0: Everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, out loud. And here it is right in front of us here. We've got Psalm 118. Yesterday we had Psalm 117, just those two short little verses, but we saw very profound, a lot of really unique things, maybe the most unique chapter in the whole Bible. Uh, but then we got 118. This looks kind of more like a psalm that you would expect. It's about 30 verses. It's kind of uh, broken down into different kinds of, I mean, what you might say, like are uh, like kind of paragraphs or like strains or strophes, you know, depending on how poetic you want to be. Uh, but here, you know, really, this is the thing that caps off this this recitation that would have been uh, said or sung really um, at Passover time, recounting the the grace of God, the salvation of God. In the Passover event, and so you've got this. It's a it's a very powerful conclusion. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. It's very triumphant. And then, <clears throat> I shall not die, but I shall live. Uh, you know, words that yeah, they were true at the Passover, but we see how they're even more true, uh, even truer in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joining us today, we've got Pastor David Andrus, pastor at Abiding Savior Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri, also heading up Not Alone Ministry. Uh, Check that out online. Brother, good to have you with us this morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's been a little while.
1: Yeah, it has. Um, And and it's been a very busy time uh, between the last time I was on the radio and now, and it's gotten even busier. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of my role, both in blind ministry and in the congregation, uh, I do a lot of the visitation work, and I can't go to visit people, so I'm doing a lot of phone calling. And so I find I'm actually busier right now, uh, mostly just listening, because people need to talk and happy to listen, and as they talk through things, I'm able to help point them to Jesus and how He is the reason that we can give thanks, and this is the day the Lord has made, and that's why we can rejoice and be glad in it.
0: Amen. You know, I've heard something similar from some other pastors, too, just that, like, in, in some ways, I guess, intuitively, a lot of people would think, well, it's like you start at home so pastors must not have as much to do right but it's just like you were saying yeah, we like only work one a, a lot only of, a week. lot of yeah I know right yes yeah, right you guys have lots of time yeah um but yeah no I mean like because of actually because of the fact just like we were saying that so much of what a pastor does is really just i mean talking to people uh, uh-huh, in some yeah. ways we had to do that kind of more than ever and a lot of the things that we normally do are just taking longer um because you don't have mm-hmm. the advantage mm-hmm. of uh, you know being in person and um so yeah i yeah, know it's 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 a busy it's a busy season for uh, several reasons as you were just saying but all the more reason why the, these psalms are actually really nice and we've been going through revelation oh, yeah. which is very timely but but these last two psalms here 117 here and now today 118 just so nice to just take a kind of take a break for a little bit slow the pace down and just read through the psalms especially this one right
1: yeah, oh, and you, I am so, when I heard, uh, when I agreed to come on and and, and Jenny said you'll be doing Psalm 118, I almost jumped for joy. The last couple of chapters I've had have been rather challenging. This one is <laughs> one of the best Psalms, one of the best chapters of the whole Old Testament. It's got to rank right. up there anyway. Oh, it's
0: great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know you're, you're like, oh goodness! I, I thought he was gonna give me Revelation 18, but okay, well, Psalm 118. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I know.
1: That's uh, right. That's right. That's on the as day as... of Revelations? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. That's right. Yeah, I know. Can't, can't make that. Gotta go to a Zoom meeting. Uh, <laughs> but that's right. Uh, that's let, right. Let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead and (laughs) and dig into this one. And as we do, if you would, brother, say a prayer for us and for everyone listening along in whatever format they're listening um, and all of our brothers and sisters.
1: All right. Dear Lord Jesus, we do give you thanks today for your mercy endures forever. As we have celebrated Easter and your resurrection, we are reminded and uplifted even today that this is the day you have made and we can rejoice because you are alive, you are living. And we pray now, Lord, as we study your word, you would open our eyes to see. Open our eyes, even as you did for those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, so that we may understand how you, the Messiah, had to suffer, and sometimes how we need also suffer, but how you always stand by us. And you deliver us from all great harm and danger and give us everlasting life. Be with us today. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead. I just want to read the whole thing through because there really is something ah. nice just about reading the thing the whole way through. Uh, and then right. and then we can take, you know, kind of circle around, take it from the top and kind of look at it a little piece by piece here. Uh, But as we said, yeah, go ahead.
1: May I I make just a comment for the listeners? Two comments, actually. Then, Um, As you listen, remember, this is a psalm, uh, usually classified as a psalm of thanksgiving. Um, Mm -hmm. And that it is such because uh, we'll see in this, there is a point of distress, uh, request for God's help, but then his deliverance. And that's why we give thanks, because God does deliver us. You'll see several places the word thanks is actually even mentioned, and that's why it is a psalm of thanks
0: well, and along those lines when you when you see the the word thanks um it's uh well well it's, it's interesting to me like so that that's what's one word here but as as you read it out loud, it's the it's actually the other one where it says praise the lord that that's actually uh, just the Hebrew hallelujah uh, right there mm-hmm, but it's actually mm-hmm. been translated um for its meaning but all right. Very good. Appreciate the, uh, the the helpful comments to help orient us. So I'm going to start reading, and uh, for the reasons that we talked about yesterday, I'm going to start reading with Psalm 117 as we go forward. So here it is, uh, 118 with its introduction. Praise the Lord, all nations; extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faith and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and I have, beco- and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. It's really something. Uh, there's so many little parts here that, that sound familiar. I think, um, I mean, just the, <laughs> yeah. the last, the last two verses, the first two verses, right. You know, just give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Um, you know, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I mean, there's just so many little parts that sound familiar, and you think of different episodes and different parts of the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that these are all in the same psalm. I mean, here they are. These are all parts of 118, and it, it it's really different to actually read them all together. We're kind of so used to picking it apart.
1: Indeed, indeed. And there's many others you haven't even mentioned there. the bu- The stone the builders have rejected has become the yep. cornerstone. Uh, he's yeah. done marvelous things. Uh, in, in light has come to us. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it has an awful yeah. lot. And, and as Jesus entered Jerusalem, uh, they were saying Hosanna to the Son of David. They were there. This was the the psalm of entry uh, for Passover. It was done as a celebration, and um, Jesus was fulfilling it uh, by the end of the week.
0: Right, no, that, that's right, and I think so because of that. Because of like the the multiple connections to Holy Week, um, whether it was you know uh, you know Palm Sunday or particularly Monday Thursday, or even you could say Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think there's some things in here that I think are part of our Easter Vigil, um, and then of course just uh, connecting this to Easter then. Uh, I, I think that there's there's a lot of reasons there why it would just be so prominent. But I think that uh, part of it too goes back to, this would have been one of the Psalms that the disciples were most familiar with. I mean, they probably had it memorized. Um, and this is what we were talking about yesterday. This is a part of the, the so-called Egyptian Hallel that goes from 113 to 118. And it mm-hmm. was sung, um, every Passover, so Jesus, our Lord, would have uh, sung this with his disciples there on Monday, Thursday. It says that in uh, in Mark, right? Uh, that before mm-hmm. they went out into right. the garden, they 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 sang together, and this is what they would have what they would have sung. Um, and, and so, really, just to think about that—that that the disciples, you know, they they grew up with this psalm, right? They they were singing this psalm since they were kids, right? This was a psalm that they knew intimately well, and then just before their eyes, as you were saying, brother, they saw their Lord and their teacher and their friend fulfilling it line by line. Unfortunately,
1: they didn't realize it until they looked back, but they did, and God opened their eyes, even as we'll learn in the gospel reading this Sunday, how the scriptures were opened uh, for these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so we look back and we can see how God fulfilled it as well. I think you're absolutely right. right that they did know this. They had it memorized. I don't know about you. I grew up uh, in a Lutheran church, um, and every every Sunday went to church 7:30 a.m. Second row. Dad didn't like the first row because the uh, <laughs> didn't have any room for his feet because of that. Uh, oh, what do they call that in front <laughs> of the pews? Gone straight down. So we had oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and, right
1: and we did the liturgy uh, of I was actually Matins page 32 at TLH and then uh-huh. uh page 15 and the reason I'm rambling all of this is because I lost my sight when I was 11 and at yeah. that point I could not read I didn't know braille yeah. at that point I didn't get my first bible right. until I was uh 17 so what wow. stuck with me was the things I had done again and again and again, and so knowing the liturgy, being able to sing it, knowing it was from scripture, that stuck with me all those days. Another cute little story: I just mentioned this to my wife the other day. I said, "I remember being yeah. uh, in the summer uh, during the summer in in college, working at a camp in northern Wisconsin." And I worked over the dishwasher, nice loud thing, uh, three times a day. It was a sports camp for kids. And uh-huh. I had hours on end, I could hear nothing. So what did I do? I sang as much as I could remember. And a lot of the times I sang nice. the liturgy, I sang hymns, I sang scripture songs. My wife then said, and when she that same summer worked in a chicken factory, she did the very same thing. When we have things memorized, when we're in an oral culture, they come back, and they keep coming back, yep. and they're a comfort to you. And that's what these disciples yeah. had at that time.
0: Right. Yeah, no, thank you. I really, I mean, it's very providential that that, uh, that we have you back uh, looking at these Psalms and, and, and making these really important connections here. Because, yeah, I mean, w- would the disciples, you know, like, they, they would not have— as readily been able to connect these dots, right? If this wasn't something yeah. that was just in their heads, you know. And this is the thing; right. it's like, and I think this is where we we don't appreciate it. But it yeah, yeah, you have your phone, right? I can pull out my phone and I can look up, you know, whichever song I want, right? <laughs> but the, the but the point is, I'm not going like looking something up on your phone. That means you have some reason, right? You have some question, you have some idea already, and then mm-hmm. you you turn to the scriptures and then you want okay okay let's look that up and let's check that out but if, if you're going to have the connection actually made and like actually have the idea first right it's got to be in your head first right i mean so it really yeah. is something that you know our, our god worked this way that you know he took something like the, the, these passover psalms from 118 or from 113 to 118 right ones that would be very familiar and just really on display for his disciples made it a way that they would recall and connect the dots and really opened their minds, as it says in Luke 24. And as we're looking at these connections here, you know, I just want to encourage everybody, if you didn't listen to 117 yesterday, Psalm 117, go back and check that out. It's on the KFUO archive on the website. If you just go to KFUO.org and just look for Thy Strong Word, you can find it there. Or uh, check out the Thy Strong Word podcast, or it's you know even available um, there on my Facebook profile. And you can just check that out. And we we made these connections that Psalm one seventeen is the like introduction in a lot of ways to one eighteen. A lot of manuscripts put them together mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. same psalm. Uh, the word Alleluia ends up kind of in one seventeen and some, and one eighteen and others. So they're very intimately connected. And I think that you see that here, where you know you're look you're looking at this right. Uh, it says His steadfast love endures forever in one eighteen, and then just in the previous. The faithfulness of the lord endures forever right so it's like it, it's nearly an echo i mean it's it's almost the same like verse one there and verse two of the proceedings so you see how tightly connected they are uh, then then it's really it kind of uh th- i think the next part that really is a neat connection is that in 117 it begins you know praise the lord all nations extol him all peoples uh, but then in 118 you get the compliment let Israel say, let the house of Aaron say, let those who fear the Lord say, right? I mean, this, so this would be referring then now to Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. Not the part that right. complements it. So into full, uh, full view now that these Psalms, when they're put together, you see how this works. This is, this is the house of Israel and the Gentiles who are grafted in together side by side, just like these Psalms are side by side.
1: You mentioned the uh, the threefold uh, the the, the three, threefold appeal. It's in verses two through four. Um, let the house yeah. of Israel, let the house of Aaron, let those who fear. And it's amazing uh, the Israelites back then. I, I kind of wonder if they always thought, oh, uh, you know, God is only for us. I mean, Yahweh is only for us. Right. But no, no, He He wants and and works at reaching out to the world. And even when the disciples. <laughs> cuddled in Jerusalem, afraid of everybody. What did the Lord do? He sent them out. And sometimes the Lord got a little, uh, I'm making this rather yeah, anthropomorphic. He got a little impatient with us going out. So came the dis- dis- di- diaspora, the persecution. Yeah. God used something bad for his good so that the word of God might spill out into the world. And that means if that wouldn't have happened, It wouldn't have spilled into Europe, to England. It wouldn't have spilled over to the United States and to you and me centuries later. But God loves us. His steadfast love endures forever. And so we are those who fear him in that threefold. And he thought about us all the way back then.
0: That's really well said. And it reminds me of the stuff that we've been talking about in Revelation, um, you know, we I think we just finished up, I think it was at Revelation, um, I think we read through Revelation 15 here, and we'll be getting mm-hmm. started up, uh, I mean, I'm just double-check, yeah, it's Revelation 16 that we'll be picking up on Monday, but I was just kind of looking over kind of what we've already covered, and what you were just saying, the idea that God used something bad, namely mm-hmm. the invasion, the, the, the Roman-Judean war um, following mm-hmm. the, the rebellion in AD 66, he used this, I mean, terrible, just violent, Uh, time and episode in the history of God's people, as you were saying, for good. Um, And and actually, Revelation makes that connection, I believe. It was back in Mm -hmm. chapter 12 of Revelation, uh, when it says here that the dragon pursued the woman who had given birth Uh to the the male child. And so we understand it to Uh be that Satan pursued the church, uh, the the people of God, right, Um, from from which the Mm -hmm. Lord came, um, from from Mm -hmm. the line of David. Uh, But it says there, right, the woman, the woman flies away uh, on the wings of an eagle uh, to be nourished for time, times, and uh, t- half a time. And then it says, the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. And, and I really understand that to be that, you know, Satan basically threw the Roman um empire at the church to try just destroy it right then and there but uh-huh, uh-huh. but what happens right the flood of the romans right comes but what happens the earth as the land of israel diverts the mm-hmm. flood and all that flood goes down on jerusalem sparing the christians who had escaped um and so god mm-hmm. uses just like you were saying that terrible destruction of jerusalem and the temple to spare and to save The Christians. I mean, that that really is, I think, a very strong theme and revelation that connects like how this is true, both not just in the Old Testament with Passover, but in the New Testament also.
1: With that said, it ties into this Psalm 118, verse 18, where David even talks about what has happened to him, all his distress. He sees it as discipline rather than punishment. I, I, right. it's something I work with a lot with people who are blind, and I find not just them, but it really becomes vivid. Uh, excuse that. Uh, I'll use a different word than a picture word of vivid. It becomes very clear. Oh. becomes very apparent yeah. uh, because when you lose your sight, how did I lose my sight? Well, it was something supernatural. Many times it is. Uh, sometimes it's accidents. Sometimes, though, it, quite often it is God took it. But what else can you say? Well, that means God's angry right. at me. And people who are blind really struggle with God is punishing me. One of the things I point back to them is to say, no, that went to the cross on Jesus. The punishment for our sins is on the cross because we have faith in Jesus, because we know he took our punishment. Even as David says here in verse 18 of Psalm 118, uh, things that happen on this world to us these circumstances, they are now not punishment, but God uses them as discipline to guide us, to help us to grow in our spiritual right. faith. Sometimes it is to bring us to that point where he can pour in the Holy Spirit and give us faith. But it's, it's, it's a matter of faith to see that fine line between the discipline versus punishment.
0: That, that's well said. And it, it's, um, it's actually very helpful that you mm-hmm. bring that up in connection with Revelation, because that's been yeah. a theme uh, and a question yeah. that's kind of been a live mm-hmm. one. Um, I know that uh, we, we had, um, we had some people asking that question about, you know, hang on a second. So in Revelation, mm-hmm. you keep seeing this wrath of God, you know, well, what happened? Mm-hmm. What, why is there wrath still? I thought all the wrath was poured out on Jesus. But, but as you said, there's a difference between wrath as um, punishment. And wrath as discipline, and kind of using punishment in a little bit more of a restricted sense. Uh, There's more we should say about that, but we got to take our break here. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Psalm 118 here on Thy Strong Word, and we'll be right back. Websites selling binary options claim they are low-cost, high-reward investments. What they don't tell you is that binary options are high-risk bets where the odds are stacked against you, that withdrawing money is often almost impossible, and the representatives will contact you with intense sales tactics or even threats. Protect yourself. Don't let anyone pressure you into making investments or quick decisions. Visit MissouriProtectsInvestors.com to learn more. Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State's Investor Education and Protection Fund. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518 We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio
1: station, Worldwide KFUO. When I look at the x-ray of your funny bone, it seems that everything is A-OK.
0: Medical research has proven laughter helps you both emotionally and physically. Wrestling with the basics on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. are on demand. We've been putting the fun in the fundamentals for over 30 years. Over 30
1: years? Oh, don't put too much strain on your funny bone.
0: Nine out of ten doctors agree. It's less painful than getting a flu shot. So I don't like it. Oh, yuck. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're looking at Psalm 118 today, and we're joined by Pastor David Andrus, pastor at Abiding Savior at Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and also uh, pastor heading up Not Alone Ministry. Uh, check out their website also. Um, and speaking of websites, check out the website of our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support. The Lutheran Heritage Foundation, their website is LHF Missions org, and I'll try to put the link in the descriptions to uh, on the post. Uh, but so, yeah, if you have a question for me or Pastor Andrus, uh, you have a lot of opportunities here. You can give us a call uh, at 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, you can do the local number, 314-821-0850, um, or over the Internet, you've got uh, tons of options here. Uh, I think it should work, That if you just comment on Facebook or YouTube, I should be able to see that. Uh, or you can just send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org. So don't be shy. Um, if you just have a question, you don't, I, I can just read the question and you don't have to like, you know, have your, have your name put like all over the internet, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, uh, but, but don't, don't worry. We don't, we don't bite. We don't make fun of any, uh, any, any questions, right? The only, the only bad question is the one you don't ask, right? Uh, Absolutely, but, uh, <laughs> I love questions. I love them. Right. So, so uh, please, please do if you have any questions, uh, join us here. Uh, so, we were just looking at, brother. You, you just mentioned there, uh, Psalm uh, one eighteen, verse eighteen. Uh, the Lord has mm-hmm. disciplined me severely, and that, that really is that really is something to see the difference between uh, discipline and punishment. That just because you know the. Death and resurrection of our Lord has already happened. That doesn't mean that God stops being a just God. That, that doesn't mean that the wrath of God is uh, annihilated. Um, it still exists in the world, and it, it's there's a sense in which it's even right to say that you know we re- we receive the wrath of God. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, in in all sorts of different kinds of suffering, and ultimately in our death, right? I mean, that is our is our just our just uh, punishment in a sense. Uh, for sin. But as you were saying, in light of Christ, we really see it less as punishment and more as discipline, uh, because ultimately all those punishments, just like Paul says, right, aren't even worth talking about when you compare them to the, the infinite undeserved reward that we receive in the resurrected life of the Lord Jesus. I, I mean, it's just that, that infinite grace that's given to us, it just kind of like cancels out um, everything that we might receive, so we don't really receive punishment in that sense. Any any of that bad, wrathful suffering that we do receive is is just discipline, as you said, which ultimately uh, God allows providentially to 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 grow us and to to guide us and to keep us humble and uh, focused on on Christ.
1: What I like to tell people is this, and it, yeah, first I should have to say yes. I echo everything you're saying. When I talk with people, um, in fact, I'll be talking with somebody later today who is blind and struggling with these things, I, I, right. I, the, the earthly circumstances, I, I say, are, they're circumstances. and And right. they will happen whether you are a Christian or an atheist. We live in a decaying right. world. Ultimately, right. we know the punishment that is from God for our sin is death. Anything up to that is mere circumstances of a decaying world. Now, how are we going to view them is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian, a person of faith or not faith. And coming back to Psalm 118, this is exactly what David did. If you notice, he didn't start with verses 10 through 13. Um we'll get to that in a second. But he started with verses 5 through 7. Would you read 5 through 7 again, please?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there is um, definitely this sign of uh, some suffering going on. Verse 5, Out oh, yeah. of my distress I called to the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. As my helper, I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Um, so yeah, just as you were saying, you know, it's acknowledging there was distress. There was, uh, there was, you know, the agent of man that was, was fearsome in verse six and seven there, there were those who, um, hated. And, and we, we, we've seen that again and again, that, that basically are people who are opposed enemies, right. Um, who were setting themselves against, uh, right. The, the people of God. And so those things aren't you know, negated, those are the circumstances that you were saying that that God allows, but just even in those verses, look, God allows that, and what's it show us? It proves to us that he's on our side. Like, would we have ever known just how intimately God was allied with us um, if he hadn't allowed um, someone else to come um, at this this kind of threat, right? I mean, it's by God showing how he triumphs, right? How he fights for us. This this is something that— I, I, feel, I feel like this is a conversation I have with my wife, not, not irregularly. Right. But, but that, <laughs> that just, but, you know, just there's something about like a, a man in, in a sense, anyway, uh, fighting right to protect his, his woman. Right. That, that there's something that, I mean, she, 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 this is what she tells me. Okay. That the, there's something about that, that just communicates love in a, in a unique way that really resonates with her. So I mean, uh-huh. there's something about that, that, that God does this fighting on our behalf, and it shows us in a deep and profound way that we wouldn't have known otherwise that He really is on our side.
1: I love looking at the Hebrew and, and looking at them in groups, because the Hebrew mind doesn't think uh, linear like we do, but more in circles. And that's why I said 5, 6, and 7. When you look at these verses, I think verse 6 is the key. Yeah. By our side. Then if you go back to 5, you'll see, oh, yeah, he answered my prayer. I mean, it could have been he answered it and he was way off. And then he's my helper is verse 7. Yeah, he came in and then he left. No, verse 6 is the key. He is by my side. That's the heart and rock center of these three verses. And that because he's by my side, we know he answered our prayer and we know he is our helper. That's our God, and that's—he is, as you say, fighting for us to defend us and and to protect us. If we live our life with that in mind, now go and read verses 10 through 13 of this psalm.
0: They surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut—they surrounded me like bees. They went out like, like friends. I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling. the Lord helped me.
1: So here we we really feel the the, the pain. Uh, Bees, I have never had a swarm of bees attack me. I had three once as a kid. Man, man, that was miserable. Uh, I've never been in a fire. I've got burnt on my hand once or twice, but I've never been in a Mm -hmm. consuming fire. Here David is giving the examples of how it surrounds you. You have no way to go, but yet they're cut off. And why? goes back to verses 5, 6, and 7. The Lord is at my side. It's always the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord.
0: Right. Well, and and particularly, you know, it's really interesting. You've got a lot of this repetition, um, kind of getting at what you were talking about, the structure Mm -hmm. here, right? Right. There there is something kind of a a pattern that you kind of keep going back to here in the Hebrew. Um, And it's interesting there in in verse 10, 11, and 12, there's this refrain of, in the name of the Lord, I cut them off you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's just really something that, the the first words of, of each of those lines, um, you know, is you know, Basham Yahweh, in, in the name, in the name of Yahweh, giving his personal name there, you know, and, and that, that just, again, shows the intimate connection, right? Because, because to do something in God's name, right? And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we're not just shortchanging that. If you're doing something in God's name, that means you're doing it as if, god himself is doing it i mean you're standing Mm -hmm. in the place Mm -hmm. of god in his stead right that's the idea standing in his stead right um and you're doing it as if you were him i i mean which is which is crazy to think about that right i mean like you think about you know certain instances where that would happen you know like maybe maybe a husband would entrust his wife to act that way maybe maybe a man might entrust his son right to act that way you're talking in a very it's a very intimate relationship so for us to to stand in God's name and do something like this, right? I mean, it just again, it just these circumstances show just the intimate connection that we have with the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: And we see there it isn't David's strength; it's not his ability; it's not his wit, his wisdom, his creativity, his strategy, but it's the Lord. And, and I think of David; he went out to fight Goliath. Everyone trembled. Well, David didn't, and why? Because he went in the name of the Lord. The Lord's with me.
0: Right. Right. Well, and actually hang on, let me let me ask you a question here. I know a few times here you've you've mentioned David. Now, mm-hmm. th- that that's an interesting con- to connection to make because it doesn't say here that we have a psalm of David. Now, I'm not going to argue that uh, all this doesn't apply <laughs> to David in spades. Right. I mean, it it, it does, right? Um, but I, as I was saying at the top of the hour, this is this is traditionally thought of as a Passover uh, psalm. So, I mean, the kind of the first Old Testament connection we make is, I mean, Moses and the people of Israel as they cross the Red Sea. You know, you kind of think of, uh, you know, like in Psalm 116, we looked at that, right? The snares of death encompassed me, the pangs of show laid hold on me. You think of the the people going down into the Red Sea. They got walls of water on both sides, Pharaoh behind them, right? It seems like death's all around them. I mean, and that's what you have um, here, right? right? Um, all nations surrounded me, right? Yep. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. So uh, you have that, but it, it's a pattern that that keeps on going. It doesn't just stop at the Passover.
1: Right. It, is, it does not. It, it, it continues uh, to, to Jesus, and that's what's amazing about the whole old testament it it all points to jesus
0: so so you have that you know that comment you know i, I shall not die, but i shall live and and that happened um in in the first place here with with um you know the, the exodus right that they they got onto the other side it, it it seemed like again and again through the plagues um uh, which you know, God spared uh his people from uh you know they, they didn't they didn't have the the hail or the angel of the death or the darkness right. Um, Mm -hmm. so they shall not die, but live. Um, it happened again in David, right? How just again and again, it seemed like David was, was going to be killed, whether it was by Saul or by the Philistines or whoever else, but again and again, he was spared. And, um, you know, think about it. This military man lives to this, you know, ripe old age, you know, when, when does that happen in those times, right? Basically doesn't, uh, but, but God, you know, preserves him, um, and, and he, and he lives to fill out his days uh that you see it in the as we've been talking about the return from exile that you know you had the valley of the dry bones that you know Israel in exile in Babylon that was it was it was like it's like we were dead but then coming back from exile like a resurrection I shall not die but I shall live but as you said uh throughout those echoes it comes out most profoundly in the resurrection because then the Lord Jesus says I shall not die but I shall live um, and of course, the, the the most amazing thing is he did die, and he still lived. I, I mean, it's there's there's no more profound a fulfillment of those words um, than yeah. to to die but to live anyway.
1: I was looking for as you were talking. It, it, uh, there's a verse in here. It's actually a quote. It's the the victory song from Exodus 15. I will sing oh, unto yeah. the Lord for He has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider are thrown into the sea. That's the Exodus 15. And I'm not finding the, the verse, though. Right. What verse was that in this psalm? Um...
0: Well, I mean, the uh, there's, a, there's a lot of words that seem to have, like, some different connections here. In, in verse 15, though, um, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Uh, yeah, that yeah. seems to be a quote from Exodus chapter 15 there. Uh, Your yeah, right hand, O Lord, Lord glorious of, and power. Yeah. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. So, um that, that seems to be a connection like a direct connection to the, the song of the sea as it's sometimes called or, or sometimes the song of moses and we saw we saw that actually back in in revelation uh where the the saints who have come out of the persecution um I, you know we talked about how historically maybe the the persecution of, of nero um they, they come out and what are they doing they're singing it says the song of moses right there they're singing and in, in some ways, that uh, this psalm here, uh, as mm-hmm, they're praising mm-hmm. God, they've been brought out of the Red Sea, they've been brought out just like the Passover and like like the Exodus, and, and that you got that in chapter in chapter fifteen. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Um, and it's it's just a, I mean, it's a, it's the same basic uh, idea that we have here in these psalms.
1: It, it, it's something I'm, I'm going to mention, and for you and me, it's probably a duh, but I, I have to remind myself of this all the time because it, it, I slip up in my, especially with my wife. <laughs> uh, she says, don't you trust me? Of course I love you. What What do I need to do to demonstrate that? And I stop and right. I think and go. Oh, yeah, we're going to be celebrating uh, our 40th anniversary here at the end of uh, of May. And uh, as I look back over the years, all the things she's done and demonstrated, and there's been nothing that has gone uh, counter to that. Now, there's maybe been, I could say, a week where, because she was sick, she didn't do anything. But, heck, there's other weeks where she went overboard and did something. The same thing is true with our relationship with God. And there's that phrase, um, I, I was, okay, I'll admit it. I am a bit of a football fan. I was watching the, the, the football um, uh, uh, draft last night, and the phrase came up. The virtual up, draft. Uh, the virtual draft, yeah. And they say, well, what have right. you done for me lately? Uh, and that's the, the, in football, if you don't do it that day, you could lose your job. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> Well, that's not true with God. Uh, we look back and see that he is steadfast. His love endures forever. And just because he hasn't done something for us lately doesn't mean he won't do something just at the right time. But it's his time, not our right. time. But that takes faith. well Faith and yeah. trust in him.
0: Amen, and I think that it's it's by doing things like praying these psalms that we make the connections and we see that actually yeah, yeah. God's doing things for us all the time, and we just <laughs> yeah. we, we haven't yeah. had the eyes to see it, right? I mean, I mean, and there's yeah. there's the thing. Just as we've been saying, like this is a this is a Passover psalm, but you can see this same sort of thing with with Dave, the thing with return from exile in uh, the resurrection. of the Lord. Uh, the destruction of the temple and, and, and the destruction of Ju- uh, Judea, right, that, that even in the midst of that, God saves and spares his people, right? I mean, uh, you, you just see again and again how it's even in the midst of the disasters that God is saving and doing good things for us. And that really gets us, I think, back to the, those two verses. I don't want to skip over that, but you know, it's better to take refuge in the Lord uh, than to trust in man. It's better to take yeah. refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes, you know, and those are, I mean, those are just profound. I mean, it's like wisdom literature right there all by itself. But I mean, you see that again and again, God's people, you know, were tempted to to trust in Pharaoh. I mean, like you, you had them on the way out of, of Egypt, like, hey, you know what? At least Pharaoh gave us, you know, like three squares a day. And and, and there was, a, hey, there was fish, right? We're not going to have any fish out here mm. in the wilderness, right? And they were talking yeah. about going back to slavery, right? They, they would rather They would rather have a you know a steady dictator right then kind of the scary unknown in the wilderness with with god and his prophet moses right i mean but but this is again and again right you had um you know when it, when it came to david right just think of uh, the the kings of israel who tried to make alliances with people like egypt right uh, with the assyrians mm-hmm. and, and of course we saw mm-hmm. it in isaiah that never worked out well um trying to trust no. in these other sources <laughs> Um, Not at all. But but yeah, you see just you see it again and again and again, um, and, and we find ourselves in this similar sort of situation that we, in the midst of the scary things that happen, we we think to ourselves like, oh well, you know, maybe, maybe there's this or, or that, and we look to these different kinds of authorities um, and figures, and, and we we try to put our hope in them, but we find that if we do that, we're just disappointed, time and time again, and that really the one who's been looking out for us all along has been God. Um, through all these different means that we that we neglected to see his hand in. So um well let, let's go ahead and, and keep keep on going along here. I think we've kind of mostly discussed here uh, the first um maybe like 16 or even really the first yeah. like 18 verses here. Um but I want to make sure we have some time here to discuss this back half here with verse 19 and onward here. Uh, It's interesting language at verse 19. You know, it's like a little bit of a transition here. Uh, The ESV puts that paragraph marker uh, right before this. Um, You got this transition, and it's open to me the gates of righteousness. So I think this is the first time in the psalm that we've had something that's kind of more building-ish, right? Gates of righteousness. Um, And then, of course, that ramps up to verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected have become... Uh, has become the cornerstone. So it seems like in this one now, we've kind of shifted and we're talking about some kind of structure, some kind of building with gates. What are we talking about?
1: Um, Real good question. Um, From my reading, I have learned that this is probably referencing uh, a priest who is going in and out of the temple offering sacrifices and that um, he enters the court to give sacrifice to the Lord. And this psalm is actually saying, open the gates wide, and because we no longer need that mediator, but something else. And we'll be speaking about that here in the next couple of verses. If that is the case, it fits very well with Jesus entering into uh, Jerusalem.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no. So, So there's a a lot of good things right there. So I think that... Um, you know, I've read a lot of the same sorts of things, and I would agree that, that the context seems to be this. This context of hey, We talked about the return from exile as a as a type, uh, or as an antitype of the Passover, um, and we can celebrate the Passover again, right? So I mean, really, it's something that you have these these psalms that seem to kind of combine the celebration of the return from exile from Babylon, the Passover, uh, Exodus from Egypt. And so here's kind of shifting towards kind of the, the present circumstances for for the for the psalmist anyway. Um, it's thinking about the temple, and on a certain level, like you were saying, there's kind of a basic level of well, if if uh, if the priest is going to go into the temple, he has to go through the gates, right? Because actually, the temple courtyard itself has gates. Uh, not even just the right. city, though. The city, of course, has gates also. Um, and so those gates are opened. you can go in. Um, right. And then the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. I mean, that's, that's really interesting that gets cited, um, again and again and again, but uh, I feel like you could take that in so many different ways in that original context, right? Like think about, we've read this in, uh, Zechariah, particularly, they started building the temple, right? And then they stopped, right? They, they, they finished it. I mean, they, they, they literally rejected, Right. Those stones, as they turned and said, "Oh, you know what? We got more pressing things to worry about. We we need to worry about, uh, you know, just surviving. We got to make sure we have enough food, right? We saw it in Zechariah how he criticized them because they they they'd put off the things of God. They'd put off the temple. They'd put off the stones of the temple so they could turn to these other things and um, so they could have their trust in princes, right? Um, But here, right in in this kind of immediate context, you know, there was this this change, and then the, the the temple was indeed. Completed, and and that's that's just a fascinating connection to make because you can't, you take that and then you connect it as you were saying to the Lord Jesus, who is then the the true antitype of the temple, such that when the when the temple is later destroyed again, um, we haven't lost anything because we still have Christ the heavenly temple, the one who was rejected but then made the cornerstone.
1: I love the phrasing here also uh, in verse uh, twenty four. I think it is uh, marvelous acts that God has done. And the Bible is so full of them. Um, and we see it uh, how he did bring his people back and finally did get the temple redone. But more than that, uh, brought the greater salvation in Jesus. And I like how then Peter picks that up in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Uh, verses 6 through 8, he talks about the the stone being rejected, but then in verse 11 and 12, he talks about that he's brought us into the marvelous light, light being that full awareness of salvation that is in God.
0: Right. Yeah, no, and and that's, I mean, that really is something then, as you were saying, that when it's uh, said there in verse 19, you open to me the gates of righteousness, right? That, you know, those gates are, those those gates are open, and 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 uh, in Revelation, mm-hmm. we're, we're, this is where we're getting right. We we see that there's uh, there's gates that are never closed, right? In the holy city oh, of yeah. Jerusalem, yeah. Right. And there's just nothing mm-hmm. but light, right? Like coming from the center. And there's no and there's no and there's no temple, right? Because the whole thing is a temple in the presence of Christ. I mean, Christ is Christ is the temple. Christ is the sun. He's the moon. He's he's the everything. He's the source of the river of life, um, that that's flowing through the city. I mean, so it, it really is a very profound picture. And I love that language in, uh, first Peter, as you just mentioned that, you know, th- this is the new reality we have. You can never be separated from the temple, right? You can never be quarantined and sheltered in place so that you can't be in the temple. Uh, if you've been, <laughs> if you've been baptized into Christ, if you've been baptized into Christ, you are a stone in that temple. You are a part of Christ. And that means you're a part of the same body, the same structure as everyone else who's in Christ. Um, and that's and that's what we have. And we have that shift, right, from um, from the first person singular to the first person plural. It goes from yeah, I love to that. me,
1: Yeah. From, from, yes. from
0: me oh, to us. That's so wonderful. Right. Because that's what's going. That, that's what's going on. I mean, Christ is the singular voice that holds all of our plural voices together. Anything that has happened to Him. It's happened to all of us. And I mean, that's really what we have in the New Testament, that we, we have this glory and this light and the heavenly Jerusalem, even even now, uh, although veiled. We only have a minute left here, um, but I really appreciate you picking up uh, in verse 27 there, the, the light. Uh, but just, you know, looking at this kind of as a whole, um, taking mm-hmm. a step back, uh, some, some concluding thoughts here as we look back on Psalm 118 and how it concludes this stretch um, that started back in 116 and earlier in 113?
1: Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The reason we rejoice, the reason we can praise God, the reason that uh, we can thank him isn't because, who our life is better. who I'm a I'm per- pretty good person. But we give thanks, we give praise because of who God is, that his steadfast love endures forever, his chesed, uh, and that Amen. it is he who is by our side.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah, no, this is the day, this is the Easter, the Easter, the eighth day, the new creation, um, every day that yeah. we celebrate every Sunday, but we ultimately live in every day as baptized people of God. And it's just everything that he has done. It's all him. Oh, all yeah. him. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, really good to hear your voice um, and to, to read through Thanks. one of these Psalms with you. Um, God bless the rest of your Easter season and looking forward to talking again soon. And you. Thanks. Everybody, that was Pastor David Andrus, pastor at Abiding Savior Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri, also pastor of Not Alone Ministries. Thanks for following along here. We're getting back into the book of Revelation with Revelation chapter 16. So many good things. Excited to get back into that. Until next time, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa.
1: Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission, in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting By Strong Word.